Your Most Avid Reader by Bibi Berkey. The Women in the Woods, Chapter 2. I counted 17 souls in all, sir. Eleven of them full-grown adults and the rest bairns. Nathan Gentle had been called to Hindwold House. His master was in a rare state of excitement, studying new farming methods from books which had arrived that very day. He had no intention of leaving the library, but when his wife said his farm manager was on the doorstep, insisting he see Mr Hadley urgently about an incident of trespass, he wearily informed her to fetch the man in. Mrs Hadley led the young man into the library and closed the door, with her on the inside. This piece of estate news seemed vaguely more interesting than the usual dull details about crop yield and weather. John Hadley remained in his high-backed chair and demanded more details from his employee. Are they mainly male? he asked. Do they seem of a dangerous nature, violent perhaps? How many of our men shall I call in from the fields to evict them? Will I need a firearm? We've never faced such matters before. Gentle creased his brows with a moment's consternation. Though strongly built and physically able, he had the reputation of being a little too pensive someone eternally puzzled by the rashness of those around him. He was an odd choice for farm manager, being sparsely educated and from a family of no account. But Hadley had been impressed by Gentle's agricultural knowledge, and besides, his wife had approved the choice. That's the odd thing, sir, he continued in the same meditative vein. I counted only two growed men and only one boy child. No more than two year he was. One of the two men, one was old and the other never stirred, while all around him the women and girls toiled. Toiled at what? inquired the lady of the house. She'd moved around from the door to stand beside her husband's chair. Nathan looked at his feet. He said meekly, that they were felling trees, ma'am. Good Lord, exclaimed Mrs Hadley. Women? Felling trees? How barbaric. But they were far from barbaric. Nathan had seen her too, her skin exposed to the sun, warming herself as she rested for a moment from her work, as though she were refueling. He had approached the copse after the young master had entered it, thinking that maybe the boy had discovered a poacher. Ending up on the slope opposite Dominic's, he enjoyed a better view of the little colony. He saw the tribeswomen stripping the bark from the cut branches and the young woman returning to them from sunbathing, her bodice now tied back up. He had watched how she moved among them with the concern and attention that marked her out as their leader. He had hesitated in informing his master about them, 
feeling that they'd hardly constituted a threat, but he realised he had no choice. So many women, said Mrs Hadley. How peculiar. Do you think their menfolk were out poaching on our land? I think not, ma'am, replied Gentle. I stayed a while and nobody came nor went. Mr Hadley was impatient. He had things to do. Well, just get them off my land, Gentle. Get the stable lads and the farm hands together and tell these women to pack their belongings and leave. I won't have it. Cutting my saplings to bits, I mean to say. What are they about? I'll wager they're making shelters, sir, replied Gentle. Perhaps we might give them the fallow pasture by the swine field. We could use more hands on the farm, give them somewhere to live in exchange for labour. They seem diligent, if now tells. Absolutely out of the question, returned Hadley. And he rose from his chair, summoning up the authority to make a speech. But he was stopped by a knock on the door and the arrival of his son's tutor, Nicholas Rouse. May I have a word, sir, if it pleases you? Hadley sighed dramatically and beckoned the tutor in. Nathan Gentle wondered if this was the moment to leave. The two men knew each other, and neither liked each other much. There was a kind of acknowledged tussle between them over Dominic's affection, a conflict that represented the boy's own troubled loyalty to both land and to learning. Though the men rarely had cause to meet, when they did come together they greeted each other through gritted teeth, I'm a little concerned about Master Dominic, began the tutor. He's been gone for these two hours. Gone? said Mrs Hadley. Please explain yourself. Rouse glimpsed about the room, giving off an air of victimhood. He was meant to impart learning and not to scurry after truanting boys. He ran away from the lessons this morning, madam, as though he were on some mission. He was strangely agitated, as I deemed it. I could do nothing to brook his ardour for escape. You should have, Rouse, she insisted. He's not to run about the land when he should have been studying. John, I've said often enough that he should be sent to a school. Perhaps now you will give my words some credence. My dear, began the master of Hindwold, his sentence dwindling along with what was left of his command. His wife continued. Where did he go, Mr Rouse? Did you see? Fair Spinney, answered the tutor. I followed him, Mrs Hadley. And what was he doing there, pray? What did you see? What did he see? You'll never forget what he saw. The boy had been a mere ten feet away, but was not aware of his tutor's proximity as he crouched among the twigs and leaves. But Rouse had barely noticed Dominic. His attention caught by the sight of a young woman walking out into the sunlight. He had watched with amazement as she untied her bodice and let it slip down her shoulders. He stared, just as the boy stared, at the rope of black hair that fell down her chest and he felt himself grow angrier and angrier. How long had the boy been coming here? Who was this extraordinary-looking woman? Was this a performance just for the lad? 
incensed. He turned on his heels and came back up to the house to start the process of getting his young charge into trouble without any injury to himself. But there was something else. As he left, he heard the boy cry out in terror and pain. Rouse had no such stomach for physical confrontation and continued to walk away. Should he admit to what he had heard? Or would that make him culpable if the boy were discovered lying in his own blood, his throat cut by a stranger? I saw Master Dominic enter the wood. To my knowledge, he has not emerged. That was more than an hour ago. At that, Gentle flashed a look of urgency at his master and mistresses and turned at once and left the room. Mrs Hadley scowled at the tutor. You should have come at once. He is but a boy. You may not know it, Mr Rouse, but there is a band of criminals lying low on our land. If any harm has come to my son, then you must live with that on your conscience. John, rally the men. Oh dear, this stinks. But I have to fetch Lena from her friend's house. Perhaps you could knock it into shape. How are we doing? How many chapters do you think we can get away with? Do you need a synopsis? Please let me know. Good night, Monica. Your most avid reader. Hillary was played by Rebecca Charles. The male narrator was Mark Lingwood. Your Most Avid Reader was written by Bibi Berkey, with sound editing by Mark Lingwood. It was made by Tempest Productions and brought to you with the kind support of Rattlesnake Books, an established seller of books, maps, ephemera, art and curiosities, Rattlesnake Books can be found on Instagram, Etsy, Abe Books and Biblio. Thank mm -hmm. you.